This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Toilets! Now, back to Will and Diddy on 95.7 The Game. <laughs> Balmer's one of them dudes. I don't even care what he's... I'll listen to him, you know, read Little Engine That Could. Like, he's just hysterical. He's out of his mind. He's just always screaming, dancing. You know, back in all the Microsoft stuff that come out with a new... Uh, you know, they have one of those awkward... Uh, sort of like presentations where they're on a stage and they're telling you about the new iPhone yeah, or yeah. whatever. And there's a video. I We should pull it up and I should send it out on social. It's an old video. Isn't it Balmer and Bill Gates? And they're like dancing. Yeah, and it, the Start Me Up by uh, the Rolling Stones is on the background. It's Bill Gates just being... They're all just I so, mean, such nerds. It's so can, funny. They cannot... I mean... These are the two whitest human beings on the face of the damn earth. <laughs> and it's hysterical watching them try to dance. But even more so, Balmer, because he's one of them dudes that can't dance and don't care. I mean, he will ju- he would let it rip. He had body parts going in every direction, and none of them were in concert with anything. Yeah, he's having fun. Right. And when you're Love a it. multi-billionaire, and, you know, you're... A big piece of Microsoft, and you own the Clippers, and you're, you're building an arena in LA. You can do pretty much whatever you want. Is he, is he the richest owner in sports? Is that right? Is he number one in uh, American pro sports? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder. Well, the Glazers have the Bucks and Man U. It's it's Balmer. Balmer's number yeah, one. So he has a net worth of eighty three billion. Yeah. Uh, Rob yeah. Walton, who just recently <laughs> bought the Broncos at fifty six point seven billion. Is that eighty three billion dollars? Decent not, chunk yeah, change. It's, yeah, it's not bad. That's why you can pay. What do you pay three for the Clippers? You can buy all the teams. Seriously, You're just right? Like, yeah, I got a lot left over. I bought the Clippers. I got eighty billion more. Yeah, he bought the Clippers. By the way. Uh, those Clippers were going to go... I, I remember when that thing started. It was kind of at the front end of these sports franchises being seen as a license to print money. And and when they went up for sale, when that whole Sterling thing went down, they were like, okay, here's the valuation. But word on the street is, this might go for $2 billion. Yeah. And then it went for three. <laughs> Balmer just came and he's like... And now you're to 83. Violence. Who cares? Let me see if I can two find billion. another billion. Yeah. Oh, you, your top bid is two? Cool. Here's three. Yeah. We're done Not here. Not 2.05. <laughs> I'm going to come in at 2.075. Jeez. Dan you, Gilbert, by the way, third at 30.9 billion. Is he really? It's according to MadisonTrust.com that has the, uh, the richest team owners globally. Mukesh Ambani, as you know, from the, the Mumbai Indians uh, cricket team. He's right behind Balmer. He's a competitor. He's a horse. Balmer's hearing footsteps. 
No doubt. That cop Mark almost spit up. Bochy said. You can't do that when I'm drinking water. Spit down. That was really awful. He's a competitor. <laughs> He's at 90.7 billion. Uh, a lot of money. Right behind Ballmer. Uh, Steve Cohen, fourth in American sports. Steve then Cohen. David Tepper after that. Okay. So Steve Cohen, is, is he number one in baseball? Is that right? Uh, yeah, it appears richest, so. Richest owner in yeah. baseball? Yeah. New York Mets. with 17.4, according yeah. to this And Bezos, whenever he buys some NFL team, he'll be at 116. That's one. his net worth. Jeez. Jeez. Uh, that's a lot of chicken. Is yeah. Uh, yeah. is uh, what that is. All right, glad you, uh, you're with us today. Hey, two tickets to the Warriors later this month. Check it out. Uh, Warriors and Spurs, March 31st. Want to go? Who wants to go? All you got to do is listen to all of our shows, including Willard and Dibs on the Odyssey app. Uh, or listen on 957thegame.com. Longer you listen, more chances you have to win. It's that simple. You're going to get an entry per hour. So every hour that you listen is another chance to win, and you can rack up eight entries per day. So please don't wait. That would be not smart, but you're smart. So download the Odyssey app. Tickets are courtesy of the Warriors. And always, if you want to get your own Dubs tickets, go to Warriors. Dot com. Yeah, click and roll, as we all used yeah. to do back when it was a great timeout. We would click and roll loved that. at warriors.com. I loved all those. Those old, we got to bring all those back one day. Yeah. Those old marketing slogans. All the jingles. All of them through the Bay Area. Well, they I used mean, to have to, like, really dance and shake their rump to get people to come to Warrior Games, and they did such right. a great job that they would get big crowds. Like I used to, like, stop what I was doing when the Giants jingles came on back in the Roger Craig days. Oh, baby, yeah. oh, baby. You're going to like these kids. Oh, yeah. oh it was so good. <laughs> so campy. What's their slogan this Adorable. year? The Giants. I, I don't know. Because they always have one. <laughs> like, together we're giant. And, it was uh, Game Up last year. Yeah. SF Game Up. Boy. <laughs> I thought it was C at 500. I just think this year they got to lean into something that will be... Uh, funny on social media, like I, I to me, Gabe Kapler's a cartoon character. So, like, lean into it. You know, what's your phrase? Giants baseball. Obviously, we're gonna win. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just something, something goofy. Have some fun with it, right? Like, make it something that's memorable. That's what I would do. Yeah, I'm surprised that we don't know what it is yet with yeah. the season. Just about to start here in a few weeks. Yeah, do they have a when? When is their when is their first game? Uh, their first game is on March thirtieth. It is three, three weeks, weeks from today. From today. Yeah. Wow. At New York against the Yankees. Oh, they can take them. No problem. I'm no looking problem. at sfgiants.com right now, and uh, nothing, nothing even hinting okay. at a slogan. But okay. uh, headline story. Luciano hitting the right tone at camp. Oh, yeah. I love myself some Luciano projections. Infinite number of outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of infinite number of outcomes, it sort of, uh, it feels maybe like the Lamar Jackson situation's got an infinite number of outcomes. And this was an interesting list, and it was from Jason LaConfora just yesterday with regard to the teams that he feels based on his conversations with others around the league that sort of coulda, shoulda be involved in these Lamar Jackson conversations, the list of teams is really kind of crazy, to be honest with you. The 49ers are on it. 
Now, that's different. I have learned a little bit something about this whole franchise thing because for a while I was like, wait, the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Are the 49ers even allowed to get in on this? And I think the answer is yes, but it would have to be a trade. In other words, what you can do right now if you're another team, you can call Lamar. He's his own agent. So you can call directly Lamar. Hi, Lamar. Uh, hi, this is the Atlanta Falcons. We would like to offer you um, $250 million guaranteed over the next five years. You can do that if you want. And if Lamar goes, deal. Then you call the Ravens. Ravens, you want to match it? No, we don't want to match it. Okay, you're a Falcon, and the Ravens get first-round draft picks this year and next year. Problem is, 49ers don't have a first-round right. draft pick this year. So I was like, are they even allowed to do that? No, but they can call the Ravens and go, we'll offer you Nick Bosa and three future ones. They could do that. And if the Ravens say yes, done. We've got a trade. So in theory, the 49ers could do it. I sort of understand in their position why they wouldn't. But there's a list of teams right now. Falcons are on it. Raiders are on it. A couple other teams out there where the report is they will not pursue Lamar right. Jackson. And I'm sitting here going, why? I'm looking at the list right now. Diana Rossini from two days ago. The Atlanta Falcons will not be pursuing Lamar Jackson, according to sources. Yep. Vinny Bonsignor. If you're wondering if the Raiders will be involved in Lamar Jackson, the answer is very unlikely. You go into the Dolphins. They will not be pursuing Lamar Jackson. This, according to Jeff Darlington, as one source said, Mike McDaniel fully believes Tua is the perfect fit for his system. On and on it goes. Kimberly A. Martin says, Washington is a team that on paper makes sense, but based on what I'm hearing, the commanders are not likely to pursue Jackson. Yeah. Why is that, Mark? Well, because it's collusion. That's why. Now, I will say why? that I, I, I could say now these teams are lying. So that is one possibility I'm holding out. We've talked a lot about Lamar Jackson over the last handful of months being a situation where I understand both sides. And, and, and here's what it is. Lamar Jackson's looking at Deshaun Watson and going, so I'm better than him, and here's what he makes, and that's how this works. And he's right. And the Ravens are responding by going, Lamar, you're right, but they're the Browns, and they're very stupid, <laughs> and we don't want to be stupid, so we want you here, but we can't be stupid. There you go. You've got, that's your, that's your line in the sand that neither one will cross, and that's how we've gotten here. But if all of the other teams are going to say, we too are not going to be stupid. In theory, that's a very small leap from there to, con to collusion, which is that the owners are banding together here to say, guys, um, the, the Cleveland Browns are stupid. We're all not going to be stupid. So make sure you don't blank and give Lamar what he's worth because we've got to rally against these bad, long-term, all-guaranteed deals. That's the thing. And for you to use the C word is big talk, to talk about collusion, because collusion is something that would have to be proven. You would have to have a paper trail of either a memo from the league to all the owners or some real tangible evidence that the owners actively agreed to suppress the market for this player. Now, do I think that there is some sort of collusion at play here? Absolutely. Because when Deshaun Watson got that contract from Cleveland, there's no doubt in the ownership circles there was outrage in terms of them giving this sort of a contract with that much guarantee 
a completely 100% guaranteed deal to anybody, let alone Deshaun Watson, a quarterback who hadn't played, and a guy who's not the best quarterback in the National Football League. So there is undoubtedly a sense among all owners that that was not good for ownership in terms of future contracts. Now, can you prove that they are actively agreeing and having conversations to suppress the market for Lamar Jackson? That, I think, is a bit of a stretch. I don't know if you can prove it. So I'm not saying you're yeah, wrong. The NFL but... almost never loses in court. I don't know how you prove it unless you've got audio of people on phone conversations. Right. You know, hey, it, 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 right? Hey, it's Tiger. Uh, totally. Don't, don't uh, please don't 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 give. I need to do a huge favor. Don't blink and give Lamar that money. But let's look at this instead of through the eyes of collusion and proving it. Let's look at it through logic. You have a league that has 32 football teams. Way more than half of them are freaking the bleep out about the quarterback position. The New York Giants, less than 48 hours ago, decided to break off Daniel Jones, $40 million That's crazy. a year. $40 million a year for four years. The New Orleans Saints just broke off Derek Carr, $37.5 million a year, after his team kicked him out of the facility. The Seattle Seahawks just broke off Geno Flippin' Smith, $35 million per year. And you got people running around, some of them are on our YouTube chat right now, saying Lamar Jackson is not worth 45 to $50 million. Excuse me. <clears throat> He's not? Oh, he is. Oh, hell yes, he is. But what is Lamar Jackson asking for? If he's asking for Deshaun Watson plus, and he's asking for a completely guaranteed deal, that's different than what Daniel Jones got. It's different than what Derek Carr got. And it's different than what anybody wants to give in terms of ownership. No team wants to give Lamar Jackson five years, $250 million fully guaranteed. They don't want to. But don't you see why Lamar's like, but you will. Or uh, they won't. Or they won't, but what, what, like, honestly, this probably is just at the guarantee level. Of course he's going to get five years and $250 million. Or something up there, right? That's the going rate for Lamar Jackson. There's zero question. If Daniel Jones is getting 40, try to spin to me that Lamar shouldn't get 50. Of course he should get 50. The question is, is it fully guaranteed? A guy who is currently injured, right. coming off of an injury, runs a lot. Do we want to be guaranteed for $50 million five years from now when Lamar's pushing 30 and he runs a lot and all of that stuff? I get what the questions are, but by the same token, when you're the NFL, you have this many teams who have no quarterback. Have you ever seen something before where in this league one of the top six or seven players in the whole league at that position is suddenly just being dangled in front of your face like a swinging ornament. And you're not interested in his shine? Right. You're not interested that's, in the price. That's crazy. People it's the go, price, though. I understand that, but no one had a problem with the price of the guys who are worse, and it's only a little bit less. If, if, I mean, you're What's gonna, the Daniel Jones guarantee? I don't know what the guarantee is. It was, it was four years and $160 million. Um, I'd have to look up the, look uh, it up right the guarantee. Yeah, But I, I think in terms of where we are with Lamar Jackson, he wants to get paid guaranteed money, and teams don't want to do a fully guaranteed deal. So now you're in a difficult spot. 82. 
So he got 160. He got four and 160. 82 guaranteed at signing. Yeah, that's nothing. And I'd have to look at the the structure of the contract. It might be front loaded like Geno Smith was, right. so that if Daniel Jones reverts to being Daniel Jones, oh. a graduate of Duke University, you can get out of it if you give Lamar Jackson five years and 250 million, and he continues to play the way he plays, and he gets hurt. You're screwed. Right. But, but like, your hosed in the NFL when someone gets hurt is a relatable, constant fact. I don't know. Do you know any? Let's see. Can we think of any other football team that recently got. I know one. Sent down the river because of an injury at quarterback? Hang on a second. A couple of them. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, oh, right. I remember the second half of that NFC right. title game when the 49ers were unable but to even throw a ball. Are they screwed for the next four years? Let me ask I you. I don't know. Let me ask if you know hey, the team. Let's wait till Friday. Let me ask you something. Tomorrow, Brock Purdy under the night. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Do you know of a team that maybe is in the same division as that team that invested more than $200 million on a quarterback and now they're screwed because he's on the hook? He sure. can't. He can't play. And right. even when he plays... He's not that good. But I guess I would respond to that by asking you, okay, so are we just to not to sign quarterbacks? Is that the answer? Like, because they might get hurt? No, you, you just don't want to sign them to these levels of guarantees. I understand that. Because if you give Lamar Jackson 5 and 250, first of all, he's a bit of a suspect passer. That needs to be Is he? highlighted. Yeah, he's, as mean, a passer, he's not an elite passer. The reason why he's a top eight quarterback pretty good. is because he's a great runner of the I, football. Better passer than you think he is. I think his stats are going to tell you he's better passer than you think he is. I know that that's not um, sort of the, you know, where he devastates the defense. I realize that, in fact, I'm looking at it right now. He's never thrown for more than 3,100 yards in his career. Man. However. What's his completion? About 65%? Um, his completion percentage is 63-7 for his career. 63-7. And, and, uh, and his TDs. Look, this is somebody who's thrown 36 touchdown passes in a season. That's right. Great. That's fantastic. And that That's was fantastic. in his MVP year of 2020? 2019. 2019. And here we are, Mark, four years later. Yeah. yeah. He's coming off an injury. All I'm, I'm not disrespecting Lamar 100, Jackson. 101 touchdowns against 38 picks in his career. And that's including that uh, outlier of a season where he was the MVP. Yeah. All I'm saying is he's not an elite thrower of the football. And if you take elite, away his running... But he's an elite quarterback. Right, but he's a guy who has had injury concerns throughout his career. So if I'm an owner, I would love to have Lamar Jackson. I don't want to invest $250 million guaranteed over five years because if he gets hurt, then what? I guess my response to you is when you say... I would love to have Lamar Jackson, but I don't want to pay him $250 million. Here's my response. Then you don't want Lamar Jackson. And enjoy Desmond Ritter. I'm sure he's going to be great. Oh, I'll pay Lamar Jackson $250 you got, million. You, no risk but only it. 135 is guaranteed. No risk it, no biscuit, buddy. You want to play? You get Lamar Here's the really wild deal. You get Lamar Jackson on an NFC team? You're one of the top three favorites the next second to win the conference. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And these teams, the Panthers and Falcons and Bucks, are all looking at it like, yeah, I don't know. Darnold, do you want to play or not? Price is a little rich. Do you want to sit down at the table or not? You, The Falcons have got cap. You've been talking about Atlanta. They got cap space for days. 
They're running around with Mariota and Ritter and actually some viable pieces in terms of who you can throw the ball to and who you can run it with and all of that. Like, we got a good young receiver that they just got in the draft last year. I don't know, man. Like, if you're really, if you want to play in the NFL and a quarterback like that, a, a no doubt top 10 guy, maybe even top five, six, seven for sure, like, usually the competition. Like, it looks like the line to try out for American Idol. Like, oh, my God, everyone's going to show up around the block. And the whole league is apparently looking at them like, yeah, just, I don't know. It's crazy to me. Yeah. With these teams have no other options. The Raiders are like, yeah, Stidham. What? Uh, you look good against the Niners. If I'm the Raiders, I'd be freaking out to get Lamar, especially as the to Jets. give him five years and 250 guaranteed. Damn right. Lamar in Vegas? Star. I mean, he's a star no matter where he goes. But I mean, come on, man, pop. Like, let's go. You I got- want to know why it isn't working out in Baltimore. Like, where, where's the disconnect? Why is it broken between Lamar and Baltimore? That, that That's something I'd be curious about if I was going to spend $250 million guaranteed on a player. Look, why I, doesn't he want to be in Baltimore? I, why doesn't Baltimore want. Why are they unable to sign this listen, guy long term? I mean, I've said a hundred times. I get what you're saying. I, I totally. Why won't they give him 250 guaranteed? Because, they have him. Because no one wants to give him. I mean, you've made the point as to why the team doesn't want to give him 250 guaranteed. I just want it. It seems like when we do this, our brains always go to the team. If you were Lamar, what would you do? You've all been in this situation and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it, which is that you may or may not know what your coworkers make. And if you are a more effective, more important employee than your coworker, and you find out that your coworker's making more than you, what are you going to be? The word is ticked, yeah. livid, freaking out, all of those things. And so it's odd to me. I get why you're saying, oh, I'm the Ravens. I don't want to do 250 guaranteed. Why are we asking Lamar to take less than that? The Browns are the ones that messed it up. Why should he take less than Deshaun Watson? He's better. Well, this this is where we get into a philosophical debate about the market. Because the market determined that Deshaun Watson was worth, what is it, 210 or 230 over five. Guaranteed. 46 per year guaranteed. Because they decided to make that decision does not determine that that is the market heretofore going forward. But that is how it works. Like that, but, that is case, how, but you know that's how agents walk into a exactly. room and start. But if and this the, were an arbitration exactly. case, that's how it would start. But this start. is not arbitration. It's and not. The but, deal that Deshaun Watson got was an unprecedented deal of a dramatically grotesque proportion in terms of error, in my opinion. So okay. if I'm an owner, and God, I wish I was. The Ravens agree with you. Everyone agrees with me. No. If, if they didn't agree with me, then they would have given him $250 million guaranteed. If the Deshaun Watson deal truly is the market, and I know it is the market because it's a deal that exists, and I get that. I'm not trying to debate yep. the way this works because you're right, Mark. The Daniel Jones contract, the Geno Smith, the Derek Carr, all of that goes a long way to set the market for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's price has gone up since you and I had this conversation on Monday yeah. based on what has happened. Jimmy G's going to get at least $30 million a year. Yep. Even though I have to hold my nose saying that, it's the reality of the market. I will say this, though. I think that the top end of the market, the Deshaun Watson deal, is so out of bounds that if I'm a team and the agent comes to me with that deal... I crumple it up and throw it away because that deal, 
That, that deal's a, a well, ridiculous deal. We also don't know exactly... Um, I don't know what Lamar's sticking point is. I don't know if he's asking for $250 million guaranteed. What if he goes, all right, forget Deshaun. Forget Deshaun. Um, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Are they stupid? Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Um, yes, because they are stupid. Russell Wilson is making $49 million per year. 48.5. And the guarantee is one hundred sixty-one. In now, they deal. signed him to that deal right after they acquired him. Correct. Idiocy. Uh-huh. Russell Wilson is a quarterback whose best days are behind him. Fifty oh, million, fifty million per year from 2025 onwards for Russell Wilson. So Bad deal. O- okay, Ravens, I forget Deshaun. Let's use Russell Wilson as the comp. And the Ravens are like, yeah, no, not that one either. Well, that one I think you could look at as a comp because Russell Wilson is a quarterback who's accomplished more than Deshaun Watson. And if you look at the structure more of... More than Lamar Jackson. Yes. But if he's you, not as good now. No, and if you look at the structure of the deal, and I'm just looking at it now, there is an out in 2026. and uh, <laughs> Which is not soon. No, that'll be three more years, yeah. but... It's only it's twenty two million this year, then it's thirty five, then it's fifty five. So it does escalate. Sponsored by Five Hour Energy, uh, good conversation. It's interesting. Doc Pandia for another good conversation joins us next as we get into Brock Purdy's surgery and how about that Kevin Durant moment on the court last night? All of that next with Doc Pandia on Willard and Dips. Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Well, tomorrow's a big day, um, but it's a weird big day because it's not like we're going to get to watch it. It's not like I don't I don't even know what kind of answers. Um, and in fact, maybe we'll, let's just make that the first question for the great Doc Pandia who joins us on Cleared to Play, special Thursday edition. I didn't know you did Thursdays, Doc. I thought this was the day you were having like pina coladas by the pool. So, uh, but, but here you here you are. Once a year. Yeah. Hey, hey, will we know... Immediately, if it went to repair or reconstruction with Brock Purdy tomorrow? Uh, you know, I would assume, besides the obvious report that every surgery does that for a professional athlete, everything went great. Um, so I think it'll, they'll definitely probably say repair or reconstruction um, because, you know, that's going to really determine the timeline. And it'll be very clear what they did. So unless the surgeon, for some reason, or the team doesn't want to say the details, um, which I couldn't think of a reason why, I think we'll know. Um, what the general timeline timeline will be um, in terms of reevaluation and, and what they actually did during the surgery. Let's assume it's a repair and hope for the best. And the timeline is three months until he can throw and six months till he can play. But what are the initial, immediate first steps if he comes out of the repair tomorrow and it's a successful surgery? Yeah, you know, I think the key thing, just like before, where they're concerned about inflammation leading to stiffness. Afterwards, the first thing you want to do the first six weeks besides pain control is get the elbow moving because these first six weeks are about preventing that stiffness. So even though patients are usually braced, you'd really start working on that motion because that's really the opportunity where you can prevent stiffness, particularly with bending it fully and bending all the way back. So that first six weeks, you work on mobility, you work on getting the swelling down so you don't get stiffness that then prevents you from then moving on to strengthening and throwing. So. Initially, first couple of days, pain control, making sure he's okay, and you're getting in and really hitting that rehab hard. 
um, to get that to get that mobility. We're hanging with Doc Pandia here. It is cleared to play. We take you inside the tent every week, get you updated on the latest injuries in the Bay, and proud to partner with UCSF Health on this segment. And it is Associate Professor of Orthopedic Surgery, Doctor Narav Pandia. Hey, did you see the Kevin Durant injury last night? And what do you think? I did, yeah. I mean, first of all, I just feel bad for him. I mean, he's, you know, unlike Clay, I mean, he's had kind of this huge array of injuries after his Achilles. But, um, you know, everyone thought he looked like he slipped on the floor. When you kind of slow, slow motion the video, it actually looks like he just literally just twisted his ankle, not even from a slip. So, um, clearly when you see it, it looked like a pretty bad sprain on the slow motion video. But apparently he was working out afterwards and then got some swelling. So, they're clearly getting an MRI, I think, with his injury history. They're trying to just make sure there probably is a, a more larger ligament injury or maybe a high ankle sprain. Um, but just based on the fact that they're being this cautious and sitting him down, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a couple weeks. Um, it just, you kind of feel bad for him, you know, MCL and all this, um, and then potentially going into playoffs coming off an ankle. So I do think it'll be a couple weeks. Um, it didn't look like a kind of a minor ankle tweak. And um, anytime you hear swelling developing after an injury, you get worried about it. Yeah, just a freak uh, accident in the pregame warm-up. You hate to see it, especially with the Suns uh, coming to, to Chase Center for a big showdown with the Golden State Warriors. Will GP2 be able to, to be a part of the return at any time soon? What do you make of them still slow playing his return to play? I think it's I think it's the right decision. I mean, I think his last game was February 8th, so he's kind of coming up to that one-month kind of reevaluation time point. Um, assuming, let's say, like his adductor soreness, which is what they're kind of concerned about, is it, getting better. I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing him doing some on-court work. Um, and then typically the ramp-up period for that would be kind of 10 to 14 days. So could we potentially see him play a couple of regular season games if his pain is getting better? I think that would make sense so he can get some regular season activity in before going into the playoffs. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, this is the time at which they'll probably release something about a reevaluation and hopefully he's progressing to being on the court. And that's really the key thing. I think if we see him on the court, I think he's pretty clear to then progress and play in the playoffs. If there's any bigger delay where they say, no, it's going to be another two, three weeks, then I get a little bit more concerned uh, about where how he's doing and where his standing would be for the playoffs. Doc, what do your eyeballs tell you now watching Steph Curry for a couple of games? He looks phenomenal. I mean, for an athlete who kind of is at this shoulder issue, this knee issue, foot issue last year, his ability to come back from injuries and get right back into a high level is pretty remarkable. I mean, honestly, the fact that we're not even talking about his knee injury, you know, game you know, game two, game three back really speaks volumes about how he's doing. So he looks great. He doesn't look hesitant at all. He's moving great. Clearly, his three-point shot has been affected. So um, all things point to this not being an issue for him for this, this injury that we really don't know much about and don't have much of a template to look back on. Um, he's clearly exceeded it and is really taking a lot of worries, I think, out of a lot of us. Um, were, were unclear about how he would respond. Bit of a curveball. It was not Carlos Rodon won't be throwing a curveball, but uh, his injury cropped up with uh, forearm issues. And is, can this be a precursor to bigger issues with the UCL? Absolutely. Yeah. No. And it is something you definitely get concerned about because anytime there's any degree of overuse or something going on with mechanics, um, those forearm muscles start getting over overworked. So a lot of times when we get pitchers who come in before they have a UCL and you'll say, look, did you have any symptoms? And they'll say, well, you know, my forearm's been bothering me, my shoulder's been bothering me, my accuracy or velocity's gone down. So absolutely, that can be a precursor to something mechanical going on. So that's why a lot of times they'll shut these people down, make sure that's taken care of to make sure that there aren't 
leading to that UCL. So absolutely, it's something you want to be very cautious with with a pitcher. And absolutely, it can be a precursor to something going on with the UCL. Okay, Doc, this is a big moment. Uh, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this for months. This is it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my first San Francisco Giants question of the year. Let's go. Come on, Doc. Hey, tell me about Michael Conforto coming off of shoulder surgery. Uh, what, What should we expect? Are we at a spot where he can be full go by opening day? Yeah, I mean, I think he's obviously had a very long time to rehab. Um, and, you know, obviously he's had issues with, with the shoulder on the other side. I think it was back in 2017. So he kind of knows the process. Uh, you know, clearly, you know, I think the batting and the fielding shouldn't be an issue. I think there was still a little bit of concern in terms of um, throwing really hard and diving on the shoulder. And I don't think that's necessarily a structural structural issue. It's just he hasn't done it in a long time. Um, so I think that particularly over this first half, uh, you know, these kind of these next several kind of preseason games. Um, he should be looking good. He looks good in terms of the, the videos you see. So I don't think this should be a problem, particularly since he's dealt with shoulder issues before and kind of should know what he should feel like. So hopefully he's he's had enough time to rehab and he'll be uh, he'll be back and contributing. I think he, there's an exciting piece of the puzzle for the for the Giants. One more, Doc, and it's Austin Slater with elbow neuritis. Is that just yeah. nerve uh, inflammation? It is, yeah. And it's funny, we're all becoming kind of experts with ulnar nerve issues with Brock Purdy kind of having similar symptoms. I think it's when you have athletes who play baseball, you worry about the ulnar nerve, which is that, you know, the funny bone nerve on the inside part of the elbow, and probably similar to what Brock Purdy was experiencing when he said he had tingling and pain. And the issue with that is that, number one, it causes discomfort. So um, it's very hard to throw effectively. And number two, it can also cause numbness, tingling, and weakness. So anytime you have a throwing athlete or an upper extremity athlete have that, um, then you basically want to shut everything down um, to make sure that it doesn't become more chronic. Because once it becomes chronic, then it like, can be a three, four-month thing. If you nip it in the bud early, it can be like one or two weeks. So um, number one, I think that's a little bit more reassuring. And number two, the other thing you have to make sure is that the ulnar nerve is right near the UCL. So you also, just like with the forearm, want to make sure that if the nerve's getting irritated, there's not something else structural going on that's kind of lingering in the background. So better to shut things down get a sense of where things stand and then make sure it doesn't doesn't linger into the season. Okay, Doc, we're going to let you go because your ramp up for next week has already started. Uh, it's kind of like being on Monday night uh, in the NFL season. Like you, you need to be back on in six days. <laughs> Absolutely. And we know Draymond Green plays basketball tonight, Mark. Ah, there it oh, is. Yeah. So does Dylan Brooks. Uh, let's uh, find out what happens. Okay, Doc, thank you. <laughs> All right, take care, guys. Dan. All right, there he goes. The proceeding was sponsored by UCSF Health. If we can just get him to laugh twice I a know. segment. He's got one of those. I love <laughs> well, He's got the laugh that goes inward it's instead an of outward. Yeah, yeah, he's got an, an Indy, not an Audi. Yeah. I, <laughs> God, I, 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 I was born with an Audi. That is a weird look. <laughs> It's a weird look. All the pictures of me as a kid, all the family photos of me as a kid, you can see the little circle in my shirt down there in the bottom. And then one day, I got in the bath, and I'm like, No way! Where the hell did it go? That thing went in? Just like, yeah. Somebody somebody put a vacuum in my stomach, and it just went... Crazy. Gone. Is that going to be the name of your autobiography? The Willard Story, from Audi to Indy. From Audi to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It's exactly what it's I guess it be. never. If it goes the other way, then you've got then it would be more issues. Concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then you gotta hit the hell is this growth <laughs> in my stomach. Brought to you by <laughs> Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Also brought to you in part by Inn at the Tides. Book your getaway to Bodega Bay at the iconic Inn at the Tides. 
Uh, their midweek special offers the lowest rates of the year, starting at just $199 per night. Through March 31st, you can enjoy stunning views, refreshed rooms, and free breakfast. Book now in at thetides.com. Stiney and Goo going to hop in here next on Willard and Dibs. I said all the time, I am my best friend. Now, back to Will and Diddy on 95.7 The Game. Yep, that's right. Uh, Steiny and Goo, who are going to be here right around the corner. You know what else is right around the corner? You know what else it is, Dibs? The Warrior game. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, you tell me, don't sleep on the uh, Lakers. Uh, don't sleep on tonight's yeah. start time. Shout out, no doubt. That's don't right. sleep. Get your butt off of work early tonight. Because it's a 4.30 tip, which means you're going to tune into Warriors Live right here on 95.7 The Game at 3.30, presented by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. And so we sort of circle back to the start uh, as we get ready for Memphis Grizzlies and uh, Golden State Warriors tonight. It was fun to have Pete Pranica on. I don't know if I even realized. I knew, obviously, that John Morant was out. I knew that Steven Adams was out. I didn't realize how hamstrung this Grizzlies team is tonight. Yeah. Just why the Warriors are favored, even though I don't feel like they should be favored on the road against St. John's right now. Like, oh my God, you can't beat anyone. But somehow they're supposed to beat this team tonight. And, and I get it. Um, they're missing... Everybody but Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain and Tyus Jones. I mean, these are nice players, um, but uh, but Memphis is really, really uh, a, a, a hot mess. They're a hot mess right now. But the Warriors are on the road too, so yeah. I don't know. I think most of us haven't you divorced yourself from expectations with the Warriors night in and night out by now. I try to, but people like yourself, Captain Positive, and Hi there. and Bonte Hill. Abonte, who, you know, the panic meter is off and the championship window is still here. And, you know, you think about all the things that could and have already broken their way. They do have championship pedigree and they have an unbelievable ability to win the moment is important, play well in game. So, yes, I'm having a hard time. It's a cognitive dissonance is what it is, Mark, because what my eyes and my brain tell me is... This is a bad road team. This is a broken team in terms of their cohesion. Yet, the other part of me, the emotions and the history of this team, my cerebral cortex, this team wins. They win big games. So I'm at cross purposes. I'm really confused as to who they are. Of Um, course they should beat this Memphis team. Memphis doesn't have John Morant. They don't have... You know, half of their scoring, quite frankly. And yet, this Warrior team doesn't beat anyone on the road. Does this make tonight a big game? He plays with heart. Knows the ins and outs of the defense. I want to be quite frank, I made the ins and outs of our defense. I guess that's why they like him over there. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why they like you in Memphis. Or do they like you in Memphis? That's a better question. I'm not sure your teammates like you. But I can tell you why they like me over there. When you contribute in the way that I contribute, I have contributed to four championships, they tend to like you. So next time you speak up on me, you should do some fact checking. Next time you speak up on me, you should do some soul searching. Next time you speak up on me, 
I hope you're in a better situation than you in now, where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. Ah. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.